0: I'd like to welcome the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He provided once for, again for us a beautiful sunny day and afternoon to enjoy, and, and once again, we have this beautiful sanctuary which we can come and worship Him and to uh, think about those things He does for us on a daily basis and those things that uh, we need to do for Him, for all the things He blesses us with. This evening, our message will be brought by a priest. Josh Banderswog, Brother Bill Arms will be giving our invocation, Brother Dennis Seymour will be doing our benediction, and my name is Dan Walker, and I'll be before you for a few moments. I'd like to share with you this evening out of uh, Josiah, 23rd chapter, which is our theme chapter this week. I'd like to share a few passages out of that with you and for your consideration. Be therefore very courageous to keep all that you do that is written in the book of the law of Moses, that ye turn not aside therefrom to the right hand nor to the left, but cleave unto the Lord your God as ye have done unto this day. Take good heed therefore unto yourselves that ye love the Lord your God. And behold, this day... I am going away to live all of the earth, and you know in all your hearts and all your souls that not one thing hath failed of all things which the Lord, your God, spake concerning you. All are come to pass and you, and not one thing come to pass unto you, and not one thing hath failed thereof. We'll continue now with the singing of hymn number three thirty-one. My faith looks up to Thee. Three thirty-one.
1: Gracious God, our Heavenly Father, we pause in this moment to lift our voices of praise and adoration to your holy name. So very thankful for your many gifts and blessings to us as your children, for the beauty of your creation, for eyes to see and ears to hear, all of that which is that splendor around us. We're grateful for the rain, Father, that has given that new life to your creation, and we're thankful for these cooler temperatures, these sunny days. Father, I would ask now that you might bless this congregation, that we might receive that which is your holy gift for us this night, through that spoken word of your servant and our brother Josh. So I pray, Father, that you inspire him, you lead him in those ways of righteousness and truth, that we might... Uh, Be blessed with thy Holy Spirit this night. That we might take that message uh, into the world as we render that which is our missionary responsibility. And we pray it all now in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Mm
2: Good evening. For my opening scripture, I'd like to read out of uh, Jeremiah, just one verse, 29, 11. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to promise you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in the future.
0: This will be the third tune.
2: I'd like to read out of uh, Matthew chapter nineteen, if you like to turn with me. Reading verses sixteen to thirty, it says, And behold, one came and said, Good master, what good things shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none but good but one that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. He saith unto him, Which? And Jesus said, Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness. Honor thy father and mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. The young man saith unto him, All these things have I kept from my youth up, what lack I yet? Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, go sell that thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And come follow me. But when the young man heard this saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. And again I say unto you, It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. When his disciples heard this, they were exceedingly amazed, saying, Who then can be saved? But Jesus beheld their thoughts and said unto them, With men this is impossible, but if they forsake all things for my sake, with God whatsoever things I speak are possible. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all, and and follow thee. What shall we have therefore? And Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, That ye who have followed me shall in resurrection, when the Son of Man shall come sitting on the throne of his glory, ye shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And every one that has forsaken houses, or brethren, or sisters, or fathers, or mothers, or wife, or children, or lands, for my name's sake, shall receive a hundredfold, and shall inherit everlasting life. And many of the first shall be last, and the last. First, what is the definition of perfect? I looked it up in the Urban Dictionary, and it says, having all the required elements, qualities, or characteristics as good as it is possible to be. My late grandfather, he used to have a saying, Lord, it's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way. <laughs> and I, I thought that was pretty funny at the time a little bit obnoxious in ways, um, but he would always say that about his grandkids. And when I was thinking more about um, the definition of perfect, um, many times people will say, well, you're not a sinner or different elements like that. But when you look at it in a worldly sense, many people will say, well, when you're perfect, you have a lot of money. You might have nice cars or a big family or lots of friends. You might have um, opportunities to go on Big vacations. You might have nice clothes and and so on and so forth. And I thought, well, what does that really matter? And I'm thinking, well, maybe that's just a modern think. I think the way of modern thinking is that all oh, the more stuff, the more perfect we are. And that's not necessarily the case. Um, in ancient Egypt, if you look at his, historically speaking, ancient Egypt, when people were buried, they were buried with their possessions to take into the afterlife with them, which is interesting. And I was thinking, well, what's the point of having... I just bought a new vehicle. What's the point of having a new vehicle? What's the point of having a nice house, all this money, if we're not doing something with it? When I read this next verse, uh, this is the story of the prodigal son in Luke, I want you to think of ten things in your life that you are really good at. Talents, um, things that are close to you, just things that that matter to you. So in Luke... Um, chapter 15, if you'd like to turn with me. I'll be reading from verse 11 till the end. And he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Give me the portion of goods which falleth to me, and he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with righteous living. And when he had spent all there, arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk which the swine did swine eat. And no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough to spare, and, par- and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one, as, make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father, but... When he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran, and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son unto him, said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said unto his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his finger and shoes and shoes on his feet. And bring hither the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Now his elder son was in the field, and as he came, he drew nigh. In the house he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he he hath received him safe and sound. He was angry and he would not go in, therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed at any time thy commandment, and thou never gavest me a kid, that I may make merry with my friends. But as soon as thy son was come, who hath devoured thy living with harlots, Thou hast killed him for him the fatted calf, and he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad, for this thy brother was dead and is alive again, was lost and is found. So we have kind of two opposing stories in many regards. You have one that's talking about um, how Jesus is saying it's hard for a rich man to get into the kingdom of heaven. And then you have this story where you have a son that was given uh, all these possessions and he squanders it. And I think about, so which is it? You know, should I wait for my parents' inheritance? Should I work really hard and make a lot of money and give it all away? You know, what's, what's the point of working really hard? And... Um, When you think about your ten talents, I want you to think about what you're doing with them in this next verse I'm going to be reading out of Matthew again. In Matthew uh, chapter 25, verses 14 through 31, and what I want you to be thinking about is um, what are you using your gifts and talents today? How are you multiplying those in this next story? For it is like as a man traveling into a far country, who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. To every man, according to his several ability, and straightway went through his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and gained other five talents. And likewise, he who would receive two talents, he also gained other two. And he who had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. And so he that had received the five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained besides them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of thy Lord. He also, he also that received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two talents besides them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not scattered. And I was afraid, and went and hid thy talent in the earth, and lo, here is thy talent. Take it from me as thou hast from mine own servants, for it is thine. His Lord answered and said unto him, O wicked and slothful servant, Thou knowest that I reap where I sowed not, and and gather where I have not scattered. Having known this, therefore, thou oughtest to have put my money to the exchangers, and and that my coming I should have received mine own with mercy. I will take, therefore, the talent from you, and give it unto him who hath ten talents. For unto everyone who hath obtained other talents shall be given, and shall have an abundance." But from him that hath not obtained other talents shall be taken away, even that which he hath not hath received. And his Lord shall say unto his servants, Cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. How many different talents do you think you have? I was going through the church bulletin in preparation for this, just kind of out of curiosity, thinking you know, who are our members? You know, we've, I've seen a lot of faces in just the three years that I've been here. And um, when I was preparing for this, I was thinking, you know, I don't know every single one of you really well. I know a few of you really well and some others not as much. And I was looking at um, each of your pictures, and if there wasn't a picture, just a name. And I wrote down right next to your name on a se- separate piece of paper if I knew you or not, I wrote down one thing that I found intriguing about you, you know, if I found something inspiring. And there were several of you that I would say something similar, that I see the light of Christ in you or something like that, somebody that was that portrayed a lot of faith. And there was other things in there I would say, something about professional things. That if I knew what your job looked like, I would say something like you're a successful person or something like that. But I got to thinking, you know, how often do we do that for ourselves? How often do we reflect on the gifts and talents that the Lord has given us? It's not a prideful thing to say that we're intelligent, that we have the ability to, um, to share the gospel with others. It's not a prideful thing. That's a God-given thing. And I was thinking um, with my own team. Uh, so I lead a team of salespeople, and uh, there's three young sales guys that I just recently hired in April. Um, and one of the three is, um, how do I put it? He's he's not super motivated, <laughs> and um, it's been hard for me to, um, to get him to be motivated. And we had a, a review just last week, and I just – I showed him his numbers. He's not tied to a quota. This is a little bit different part of the sales team. They're not tied to a quota. They're tied to activities and how many leads they can bring in, how many new uh, conversations they can have with people, emails, etc. And I showed him his numbers and I said, look at yourself compared to the other two. And I didn't show their names or anything like that. I said, you're lacking extremely. And I said, what are we going to do to fix this? And he goes on to Ramble on about excuses and whatever, and um, at that point I started to close off a little bit. I just I just let him vent a little bit, and I've kind of heard the same spiel from him over and over. He's in a messed up situation with his family, and he's got some physical issues, and um, just a lot of things in his life that are pulling him down, and he's been bringing it into the workplace. And I was thinking, you know, how many times have I done that in my personal life where I've Put up excuses in terms of simply coming to church. How many times if I made the excuse of, well, I got to leave tomorrow at 530 in the morning. I need to prepare and get on the road for wherever I'm traveling to. And I don't come for some Sunday evening service. How many times do I uh, make up the excuse to not go back up and visit uh, my family? There's a lot of things that I've personally done in my life that um, I think about. And. That all ties back to a lot of our talents. How many of us have talents that we're wasting? You know, whether you're doing it intentionally or not, we all live. We had this conversation when I was writing with Mike Estel a couple weeks back. We all use this phrase, we're too busy. We've got too many things going on in our lives. And um, rightfully so, I guess um, we should suffer for that because we're making, we're prioritizing things over another thing. In Hebrews 11, or uh, Hebrews 13, excuse me, um, if you'd like to turn with me. Hebrews 13, verses 5 through 8, it says, Let your conversa- or consecrations be without covetousness, and be content with giving such things as ye have, for he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee so that we may be boldly we may boldly say the lord is my helper and i will not fear what man shall do unto me remember them which have the rule over you who have not who have spoken unto you the word of god whose faith follow considering the end of their conversation jesus christ is the same yesterday and today and forever i attended a uh, personal development seminar uh, probably about three weeks ago or a little bit more than that in Champaign, Illinois. And uh, it was a weekend event. We got to come in on a Friday evening, and we left on a Sunday evening. And that was a long drive back back to Kansas City. But the the point of me doing that was uh, both from a professional standpoint and from a personal side. And selfishly, I was going into this thinking, well, maybe they were going to give me the the quote-unquote formula to maybe make myself more wealthy or something like that. And wealthy in terms of money, but also in other aspects as well. And I show up to this event, and I meet a lot of these professionals, a lot of people that have been in their careers for 30-plus years. And there was this lady there. Her name was Becky. And she had just started a bank about a year and a half ago, something like that. And I was thinking, how in the world do you start a bank? That's just crazy for me to think about. And so she kind of gives me her life story. She has a high school education. She doesn't have any college degree or anything like that. And she was just recently kind of fed up with her big bank that she was at, and she decided to start her own. And that was basically the sum of it. And I was thinking wow that's uh, that's pretty impressive and anyway, to speed up throughout the seminar, um, one of the last activities that they had us do was um, compliment each other, and we had to partner up with somebody from the um, from the event that we knew fairly well didn 't know before coming to the event, but somebody that we had met at the um, at this event and so I met with Becky and we uh, They lined us up in little rows, and our knees had to be touching. And you had to look at the person in their face, look them in the eye. And you had to give them just short phrases. You had to compliment them on whatever it was for five minutes straight. And five minutes doesn't sound like a lot, but that was a long time. And um, granted, I didn't know this lady. It would have been a lot easier if I knew, knew the person beforehand. And so we had to just start off, you have to start with the person's name. You'd say, Becky, you are a what? Or you would have to give them some sort of a compliment. And I kept going um, after, you know, the first 30 seconds is relatively easy. You kind of know this person. You're like, well, you're a very intelligent person, obviously. You are a, we talked a little bit about faith. You're a good Christian mother or something like that. And after a while, um, we started to uh just express the different things that we were hoping to see in the other person. And at the end of the deal, she was in tears. I was not, but she was in tears. And um, she gave me a hug afterwards, and she said, I really needed that. And she's been staying in touch with me afterwards, and it's been great. But I was thinking, you know, that's not necessarily a talent to just say, well, you're a good-looking person or you're whatever it is. That's something that is actionable. That's something that you have to do on a regular basis. You have to go out of your way to make a point to somebody to, make, to change their life, or to change their day, rather. rather. So I was thinking, um, I had to write down, post-seminar, we had to write down 20 different things, uh, t- 20 different talents that we viewed in ourselves. And I wrote down some things about myself. Um, you know i I enjoy working with my hands. I enjoy talking to strangers. There's a lot of different things um, and the one thing that um we were challenged to do was write down fifty different things I were not good at. first thing I wrote down i can't cook. I'm not very good at cooking. I cannot do that um, so anyway um when I was thinking about preparing for tonight um i I'm a short spoken person. I don't talk for hours on end, and I apologize for that, but um, I want you guys to go out of here thinking about 10 talents and how you can share that with somebody else in your life. Everybody has a talent. Everybody has something to share. There's a lot of different stories that you can probably share with each other, and I could ramble on as well for different things that have gone on in my life, but the purpose purposes um, from this sermon, at least from my perspective, is We all have something to share, and we all must have something to give. I'll leave you with uh, numbers, uh, out of numbers. In chapter 6, it says, May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Let him show you his favor. Let him show you what he has designed for you. We all have something to give, regardless of age. Whether you're young or old, there's something for us to all give. So I thank you.
0: Our last hymn night' is 349. Brother Josh is sharing with us in the room before we come out. He had a friend that told him he says, "When you're out of corn, turn off the machine." He was talking about preaching. And when you've done said what you've got to say, it's time to sit down. I, I appreciate his wisdom in that. 349, please.
1: Heavenly Father, as we come to the close of this hour, we thank you, Lord, for the message that has been given to us today to remind us, Heavenly Father, that you have given each of us talents. I pray, Heavenly Father, that we might look to those talents, that we might magnify those talents in the service of each other, in the service of you. May you be with us now this evening. Go with us to our homes. Bless our homes and our families. We pray this, Heavenly Father, in Christ's name. Amen.